that you're here. We're thankful for Dylan and the songs that he led for us this morning. Singing is, that, is exactly what we're going to be talking about this morning. So if you brought your Bibles, get them open to Ephesians chapter 5, the scripture reading that, that Nick read for us, Ephesians chapter 5. Did you know, do you know that there was a time long ago before paperless hymnal and presentation creator and PowerPoint that the song leader actually had to open up the songbook to pick out their songs. They had to uh, walk to the front of the building and they had to put their songs on a wooden rack with little black and white numbers for everyone to see. And you know what I'm talking about. You know the ones. It was a time when the, the new song that was led was cut out of paper and it was glued to the inside like cover of the book. And it was actually kind of controversial. What is this new song that we're going to be singing? And speaking of book, it was a time when the only scriptural book was maroon. And it had gold lettering, it had a lamp on it. And you know that book, The Sacred Selections. We've come a long way. I, I remember one day I was at the front of the building. I was putting my songs with the black and white cardboard letters on the wooden rack. I had a really worn out, well-used, sacred selections. I was so proud of it. And the preacher came up to me, and he looked at it, and he looked at me, and he said, you make sure that your Bible wears out before your songbook does. And I understood exactly what he meant. The Christian's life needs to be built on God's Word. Uh, we need to always have our noses in the text. That's the way Christians are defined. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to be in the Bible, even though this lesson this morning is going to be about singing. And that, what that preacher meant was the, the holy book is more important than the songbook, which is true. But a good songbook is built on God's Word. And those two things go together. Singing and God's Word go together. Sometimes it seems like we separate the two. Like you have one or the other. But they're actually so intertwined that you can't have one without the other. And what I mean by that is that from the Christian standpoint, you can't follow God's word without singing. And you can't be acceptable to God through song without the songs being rooted in the Bible. Those two are so closely connected that it almost seems like they're, they're never connected in Scripture, if you look at the Scripture reading, be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Look at the, the kind of the companion passage, passage that we, we like to always read with Ephesians 5, is Colossians 3. Let the word of Christ... Dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Singing and submission. The songs and the scripture. The word and worship. The sacred writings and the sacred selections, the Bible and the B-flat, singing and God's Word go together. And you keep the two together at all times, 
And if you don't do that, then you, if you separate them, you lose what they equal. It's like mixing yellow and blue. You mix yellow and blue, you get green. If you don't, if you remove one of those, you don't get what you desire. And true, acceptable, biblical singing is when singing from the heart is when it meets God's word. And when we do that, what does it accomplish? Well, it's a, a number of things. And of course, this isn't an exhaustive list, but it benefits us. And it builds up the church. And it pleases God. And it respects God. It teaches. It admonishes. And it touches in a way that only singing can do, which is why it's so good. I mean, how many times have you tried to express something to somebody and you just can't find the words? Maybe you, you kind of bumble and fumble around and you end up just saying, uh, uh, you know what I mean, or, or you get my point. But we want to express praise. We want to express thanksgiving to God. We want to say all these things, but sometimes it's just really, really hard to articulate. We'll enter the poets and the writers of, of all the songs that we have in our songbooks who have done that work for us, thankfully, because I know that I can't do it. But they've done that work, and all we have to do is we just have to sing them, which is so great. Just look at some, some of the lyrics to some of the songs that we sing. They're just so good. We know this song, When Christ Shall Come with Shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then i shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim my god how great thou art and then we know how the chorus goes then sings my soul right may not know this song some of you do it's called my savior my god yes living dying let me bring my strength my solace from this spring that he who lives to be my king once died to be my savior that he would leave his place on high and come for sinful man to die. You count it strange, so once did I, before I knew my Savior. Then it says, my Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior is always there for me. My God, he was. My God, he is. My God, he'll always, he's always going to be. What about this one? I know you know this song. In fact, I'm pretty sure we're going to sing it later. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. They're just so good. Singing helps us just communicate in a way that just speaking can't. We repeat phrases over and over again. If you speak that, you'd sound odd, but singing it, it makes perfect sense. It stirs and engages the heart. It helps us celebrate our greatest joys and, and consoles us in our deepest sorrows. It connects our mind with our heart. It helps us draw out deeper meaning of words so it can really penetrate our souls. But despite of all of these reasons, there's going to be some people out there who are just like, I don't like singing. It's not for me. Oh, it's just, it's just singing. Oh, just, we're just having, how many times have you heard that? Oh, it's just singing night. Oh, so I'm, I'm just going to miss this one. It's like the order of, of worship service importance is like Sunday morning gospel meeting. That's the most important. Followed by Sunday morning. And then it, then it really falls off. And then it's Sunday night, Wednesday night. At the bottom of the list 
It's just thing and night. I didn't really make that up. There's attendance data that leans towards that. It's just thing and night. So we think it's fine to miss. But know that when you miss, you're missing all of those things that we just talked about. You're missing the word. You're missing an opportunity to be edified, to be built up, to be admonished, to be taught, and to teach others. You're missing an opportunity to express to God maybe something that you want to say, but you just can't figure out how to say it. You're missing an opportunity to do what everyone can do, an opportunity to give God what he wants and something that he loves, and you're missing a little taste of heaven. You know, I don't know much about heaven. I know I want to go there. I know it's a prepared place for prepared people. And I know there's going to be a lot of singing. Look at Revelation chapter 15, verse 3. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. No one's going to have a problem singing that new song. I know that at the, some of the camps that the kids go to, they'll have a circle singing. The, the leader will get in the middle and everyone stands around. This is the ultimate circle singing, singing around the throne of God. I want to sing that song. I want to sing it with you. But God's people sing. It's just the way he has made us. It's the way he has created us. But, again, there's going to be those that say, yeah, but I can't sing. I can't carry... You know, I can't, can't carry a tune in a bucket. I didn't go to singing school for 10 years. I'm not trained. I don't know anything about music. I'm not good at singing. But you know what that tells me? It tells me we need a new definition of what sounds good. Because God knows what sounds good. He made your voice. So you try telling him that you can't sing, that it doesn't sound good. And that you're not good at singing. Like God created your voice and you, and he loves your voice. I mean, he loves your heart. And that's what this is about. Remember Ephesians 5, 19? Singing and making melody with your heart. God desires your heart. He wants your heart. And he wants you to just do your best. Do your best and forget the rest. And so we should want that. We should want to give God our best. And not just with singing. It's not just limited there. But with everything that we do, our best it should be what God gets. He shouldn't get our leftovers. He shouldn't get our half-hearted worship. No one likes that. He should get the, he should get the, the spotless, fattened calf in the finest robe and ring. He should get our best attitude, the attitude where we desire to give him our best, to give him our desire to improve our desire to, to, to do what it takes to continually offer better worship. Because he deserves it, right? God deserves our best. Don't have these scriptures typed out, but turn over to Psalm 145. Psalm 145, verses 1 through 7. I... Almost was going to read the, the whole chapter, but it's a little long. But it says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. 
Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and will declare your, your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Psalm 135. Back up just a few pages, Psalm 135, just a few verses there. Praise the Lord, praise the name of, of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. The Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his own possession. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Last chapter of the Old Testament. Go to Malachi. Malachi chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. I'm talking about how they were kind of robbing God of what he deserved. Malachi chapter 1, verse 13. But you say, what a weariness this is. And you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence, or is lame, or sick, and this you bring as your offering? Shall I accept that from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed be the, the, the cheat who has a male in his flock, and vows it, and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. God deserves our best. I think we all can agree that that's true. And by the way, that argument of, why well, I can't sing, it doesn't work with any of the, the other acts of worship, right? Like, can you imagine someone saying, well, I can't take the Lord's Supper. Uh, I'm not trained in giving. I didn't go to giving school for, for 10 years, and so I can't, I can't give an offering. Uh, or, oh, oh, it's just giving? I'm just going to skip this one. No, we'd say, you're violating the command of God. But for some reason, when it comes to singing, we, make, we feel like we can make the choice, so I can just opt out of this one. Like, how dare we have that attitude? Ephesians 5.19 is the command of God. If it's the command of God, it should fuel within us the desire to, to do it and, and, to, and have that desire to sing to the Lord. And the Bible makes it very clear that singing matters to God. Go to 1 Chronicles. This is when the lesson really uh, slows down because it takes me forever to turn to all the passages. But 1 Chronicles chapter 16 Verses 8 through 10. We'll see just a few verses here about how important singing is to God. First Chronicles 16, uh, beginning verse 8, says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his name, let the, the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Back in the big book of, of Psalms, Psalm Chapter 7, Psalm 7, verse 17. Psalm 7, verse 17. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. This whole book dedicated to psalms, to singing. When I know who God is, I will want to sing to him. Look at Psalm 59. Psalm 59. Continuing that idea in verse, six, uh, verse 16. Psalm 59 
in verse 16. But I will sing of your strength. I will sing a lot of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. Look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 12. Talking here about the, the restoration of, of, of Judah, the people of God. Jeremiah 31 and verse 12. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion. They shall be radiant over the goodness of the earth, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the, the young and the flock and the herd. Their lives shall be like a watered garden, and they shall languish no more. These people wanted to return home so they could sing and, and be able to praise God for His goodness. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Uh, Jesus, uh, before, He's preparing to do the most important thing that He's going to do. As he prepares for his crucifixion, he's saying, after the Passover feast, before uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, the Lord's Supper, verse 30, Matthew uh, 26 and verse 30, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the way God has made us. He deserves it, and he loves it, and he expects it. And again, God wants our attitude. He wants our heart. Our best effort, our best worship because of who he is and because of what he has, has done. He's the reason for our hope. He's the reason for our peace. He's the reason for everything. The, the goodness of his, of his grace every day. And that should just naturally have a response. And because of this, with all of this being said, it's no surprise that we want this. We want this for, for Westside. I'm going to speak on behalf of, of the worship leaders for a moment. The worship leaders here work very, very hard to try to do the best to control what we can control and, and make it to where everyone can worship. That's the goal. We want distraction-free purposeful, meaningful worship. Gone are the days where we are going to pick out our songs at the front of the building five minutes before church starts and they're flashing the lights. We're going to elevate our singing because God has elevated singing. Because singing is the ultimate act of worship. Because singing is what we're going to be, going to be doing in heaven. And so the worship leader, under the direction of the elders, they devote countless hours just trying to think about ways that they can improve for you, for, for themselves, for God. All designed to help Westside, to, to help give the best worship possible. From learning new songs, to practicing the beat pattern, to teaching the next generation, to learning how to break down a song and how to pick out songs. Studying the order of songs. All for you, all for Westside, and to give God the glory so that we can have really good worship, enter our favorite songs. I'm confident by now everyone's kind of heard the announcement and they've turned in, the, they've seen the sheets that we're asking for everyone's top 12 favorite songs. We're not doing this for fun, although I am having fun with it. I am enjoying seeing what you love, seeing what songs people love. 
we're doing this because we want a, another tool in the toolbox for the, for the worship leaders to use. Have you ever noticed that there just seems to be some songs that just seem to go a little bit better than other songs here? I mean, and by better, I mean they just, they just hit a little bit differently. They almost give off an energy that can be felt. You know what I'm talking about. Give me Jeremy Housden on a Sunday morning closing song, Our God, He is Alive, with two hands, right? It's, it's going to be awesome. Or give, give me Dane Shepherd leading Jesus Draw Me Ever Near. Or maybe, maybe we're singing that final phrase of, of my eyes of senior glory. And I was going to read the line. I'm not going to read the line, but you know the song. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Contrast that with someone else, most likely me, leading a song that no one really knows, a song that maybe is led too high or too slow or too fast or, or, or whatever. And, and it's obvious which one is the better worship. It's obvious which one is less distracting and more edifying, more heartfelt. Why? Because, because it's a song that, that, that we all know. It's a song that we all love. It's a song that we can really relate to. It's a song that we're really strong at, at singing. Put all of that together and it, it brings out this fire from our soul that you can almost feel. And this is what we want to do. We want to offer God the best worship possible. And one of the many ways that we can do this is by singing the songs that we all love. Of course, not all the time. It's not, that's not going to happen all the time. But this can be used by the leaders. It can, it can assist the leaders in the songs that they pick out because we're going to have a lot of data. And we're not just going to have the top 12 because there's going to be songs that aren't going to make the list, but we're going to have a lot of songs that we will now know that people here love and we'll be able to consider those. And so the question is, well, why have these songs captured your hearts? Why do we have these favorite songs? And of course, there's a whole number of reasons, right? Maybe we like the melody. Maybe we like the harmony. Maybe we can really relate to the song, the words. Maybe there's some nostalgia. Um, you know, maybe the song speaks to a really significant time in our lives. I know there's a one song called um, I Will Wait For You. And maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. But it, my family really, we really, it's a special song for us. It was when we were going through the many failed adoptions and, you know, a song about, you know, we're just, we're going to wait on, like the, the right time, and we're going to, you know, it's all about, you know, you get it. So that song really is special for us. And I know you guys probably have a song that's special to you for whatever reason, you know. But we favor some songs over others, and because of this, when we sing them, yeah, maybe we pay a little bit more attention. Maybe we sit up a little bit straighter. Maybe we sing a little bit louder. Maybe for some, we actually sing. We get excited whenever we sing a song that we love and it appears on, on the screen behind, behind us because we know that more voices is better, right? We want more people singing. I want more people telling me, Kyle, yield not to temptation. I, I, I want more people saying, Lord, I believe, and Kyle, you should too. Or Kyle, angry words, oh, let them never, right? More voices is better. So let's learn what we all love so we can sing what we love and we can sing what we're good at. And again, all towards giving God the glory, God being glorified. We sing these songs so we can think less 
uh, about trying to work hard and, and following and we can just, we, or hitting the note, we can just sing. We can just, we can just worship. Again, less distraction equals better worship. These are the only reasons why, why we want to do this. Certainly, first and foremost, is we want better worship to God, and uh, we want to sing our strong songs, and we want to elevate our worship and distraction-free and a tool for the worship leader, but we also want a new appreciation for songs. The other day, I was talking with Kelsey about a song that was led here, and I just didn't really care for it. I didn't really like it. I, I don't think... It, the words fit the, the tune. I don't like the tune, and it just doesn't flow. I just really feel like the song should just be politely escorted out of the book forever and never let again. No sooner I get done with my very important rant, we get a sheet turned in of, the, of someone's top 12 favorite songs, and guess which song is on it? You know what that says? It says we, we differ in opinions and, and uh, preferences, uh, what we like and what we don't like, and that's, that's okay. Um, even though if, if I was in charge, that song would never get led. Well, guess what? I'm not in charge. And, and in worship, we have a song leader. We have one who leads, and we have, and you follow. He leads, we submit. If you go back to Ephesians 5, you look at the end there, you know, we submit to God. We submit to our elders, we submit to our governing authorities, we know that. Have you ever thought about singing, uh, submitting to others through, through singing? Submitting to one another out of reference, that's verse 21. Verse 21 is really close to, to verse 19. Submission means giving way to, re, re, you know, respecting others' choices, doing, you know, doing what they say instead of I want. This happens when we worship. Sometimes we have over 100 people here. You're not going to make everyone happy. You're not going to make everyone happy with, with your song choices or how fast or slow you lead a song or, or, or maybe how loud or, or soft you sing or what color tie you wear. You're not going to make everyone happy. Some people are going to really love what you leave and lead, and some people are not going to love what you lead and everything in between. And the bottom line is you can't control what gets selected. But what you can control is your attitude. I now know that that song is someone's favorite, and I'm going to have a better attitude for them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check myself and, and, and sing anyway because of all the reasons mentioned at the beginning of the lesson. I'm going to work really hard and focusing on the words. I'm going to submit, and I'm going to sing and appreciate that song knowing that singing isn't just about me. Singing isn't even just about God. Singing is about others. It's about people. Every song we sing has a story, and, and most likely it's really liked by somebody. So, so let's remember that and have a greater appreciation for the songs that we sing. And shame on me for having an ugly attitude. And then finally, um, we, we want to understand what we're singing. Have you ever... Have you ever sung a song and, and you immediately had to pull your phone out and you had to Google what, what a certain phrase meant? Where am I at here? Okay. You had to Google it. Am I the only one who didn't know what Jehovah Jireh meant until Dane kind of explained it to us and, and broke it down? I didn't know. The same is true for a lot of the other songs we sing. 
A lot of these songs were written over 100 years ago. Well, language was, uh, spoke a little bit different back then, but some of the songs that we, we sing, they have some phrases and words in it that, we, that maybe we don't understand, and maybe you know, we just gloss over it. Let's look at a, a couple of these, and if you, if you know what they, what, what they mean, great. Uh, some might not, you know, but we need to know what we're singing. Like this song, on Lord we come before thee. Now we sing it a lot, Oh, do not our suit disdain. What's a suit, and how can, we, how can it be disdained? You know, this song we sing sometimes for a closing song. Savior, breathe an evening blessing. Air repose our spirit seal. What's he talking about? Context helps, but not all the time. And it's not just words or phrases that we're, we're unfamiliar with. Sometimes there's a little bit of Bible knowledge that needs to go into singing some of these songs. Like this song from uh, Night, Night with Eben Pinion. You know, we'll leave that brooded over the veil. Not quite sure, well, I know, but may maybe you don't. It's, it's, you know, we'll talk about it later, not right now. Look this one, did you think to pray? When your soul was bowed in sorrow, balm of Gilead, did you borrow? At the gates of day? Maybe that could cause a little bit of confusion for some. We need to understand what we're singing. This one, we know this one, Oh, Thou Found of Every Blessing, talks about here I raise my Ebenezer. thought that was the character on Scrooge, right? Hither by thy help I've come. We, it's important for us to know what we're singing because, again, we're teaching others. It's hard to be taught when, when we don't know. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. Paul says, I will sing with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. And I understand there's a lot going on in 1 Corinthians 14 and a lot that doesn't really apply today. But one principle that does is singing with understanding because John 4, 24 says God is spirit and those who worship must worship him in uh, spirit and in truth. We need to understand what we're singing. We need to know what we're teaching others. It's hard to be taught. It's hard to be admonished. We're scratching our heads on what, on what we just sang. So you know what we'll do? We'll get a list of everyone's top 12 favorite songs, and we'll appreciate them, and we'll sing them, and we'll improve our worship, and we'll love them, and we'll give God, you know, all the praise that, that, that we can offer but then we'll unpack each song. So starting in January, once a month, we'll look at the song. We'll highlight one of the favorites. Starting at 12, and every month, we'll just go February all the way to the end of the year, and we'll just, we'll talk about every song, and we'll sing it. We'll have a whole lesson devoted to each particular song. We'll get our Bibles out, study the words. We'll break down the meaning, and the message, and the content, and we'll have some practical applications. And so we're going to sing your favorite songs, but then we're going to know exactly what we're singing. It's going to be very important. I learned a song one time. I was completely focused on the tune and the harmony and the melody, and I just, just didn't really like it. just didn't really care for it. And then someone broke it down for me. Someone explained it to me in the words and the guy had the whole room in tears, so was I. And then I understood it. I understood what, what the song was about, the practical application, the scripture behind the lyrics. And guess what? That song is now one of my favorite songs. It's a song that I really enjoy. The real power is in the words. Sometimes we, we, get, we get too caught up in the tune. Now, the tune is a part of it. And we talked about that at the beginning. The two to go together. There's a reason why God created music, because he knows that it transcends language. 
But God's word is what convicts. And so the, the final question is, then is, what's going to be on your list? What's going to be on Westside's list? What are, your, what are your favorite songs? We want to know. If you haven't turned in a, a sheet, we encourage you to turn one in. At, of course, we're not going to hold grudges or burn your house down. If you don't want to participate, that's fine. But we feel it's important. Because we just want to improve. We want to grow and we want everyone to be included. I think it's going to be a good thing. I'm excited to be a part of this and I hope y'all are excited as well. We're going to, um, Dylan's going to lead us in a song of invitation. Um, it's a very, it's a very important song. It's a very important moment. By the way, the closing song that we're going to sing tonight, Dylan, are we leading, are we singing, uh, where are you, Dylan, are we singing it as well? The, the, the closing song, closing song's making the list. There's no way it's not making the list. And so I know it's a lot of y'all's favorites. But this, this right now is an important moment. We're going to sing Just As I Am. Um, Jesus died for you. His, his blood of forgiveness covered your sin. It's an, it's an important moment because making the decision to, to become a child of God is, is the most important decision that, that you will make. And so if you haven't done that, then this is the opportunity where we encourage you to do that, all that's left is for you to recognize that and just completely turn your life over to Him. Um, we may be picking our, our favorites, but God doesn't have favorites. God doesn't show partiality to people. He loves everyone, and He desires everyone to obey and repent, and God loves, I guess one of God's favorite things is obedience. God loves obedience, and He, he wants you to obey. So if anyone has anything of a spiritual concern, and you, know, you want prayers, you want help, you want study, you want baptism. We're prepared to help you. Come forward right now as we say and as we sing.